Welcome to the Sustainability Business Podcast, a show featuring conversations shaping the future of energy and sustainability. The Sustainability Business Podcast is produced by Schneider Electric's Sustainability Business Team. In this episode, four Schneider Electric energy and sustainability experts explore the risk for electricity blackouts affecting significant portions of the United States amid this summer's heat wave. Sourcing and risk management representatives from the sustainability business join leaders from the U.S. microgrid team to discuss the issue from a variety of viewpoints, including options to consider now and for the future. Welcome to our special panel discussion about a topic of top of mind for all of us with regards to trends and forecasts of electricity costs, demand, and resilience. This summer in Texas, it's already been a real hot one all across the South. I personally live in Dallas, Texas, and since early May, we've already been seeing warnings about potential grid outages with the warm temperatures and the grid instability and maintenance. And for those of us who weathered winter storm Uri and its effects last year in 2021, we truly understand our dependence on on our utility infrastructure. Also, as a transplant from the Northwest, I do keep in contact with friends and families about their regional weather. As of early June, they had only seen five hours this year of temperatures above 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Odd times already as it comes to summer temperatures for sure. Then we also need to mention the effects of the hot summer temperatures on wildfires. This paradigm has affected California especially over the last few years. In fact, over the weekend, I was reading an article about a three-day power outage in Northern California that also affected Stanford University. This outage was due to one of the main utility transmission lines feeding the campus being down from the Edgewood fire. Point being, we are seeing more and more news and impacts related to extreme heat caused by climate change and complicated by the limitations of our electric grid. I am excited to be joined here by this esteemed panel to provide their expertise and experience on the topic. So Brian, As a member of Schneider Electric's risk management team, you've been watching this development for several months. Can you give us some background and your thoughts on what's coming due to the cost and reliability of electricity? Yeah, definitely seeing some trends as I talk to clients. Um, You've mentioned winter storm URI and the impacts there. It's definitely drawn awareness for our clients, particularly on the reliability side extreme cold and heat uh, and ultimately the fires that we saw out west last year and have seen for multiple years as well as flood threats uh, for hurricanes i know texas has been hit by those uh, a couple times here over the past five years or so so companies are really having to focus on a couple key key business risk uh, number one is reliability and so what assurances do they have that the, the lights are going to be on and can they operate uh, as usual so developing contingency plans should should outages occur uh, and you know do they have the ability to shift production from one facility to another? I mean, what is the financial impact of that outage, right? And how does it impact budgets in the bottom line for them? So they're definitely concerned about that. Uh, the other piece is more traditional around price risk, and they're sort of connected in some ways. When you have reliability risk, it typically comes a very high price. And so that means the grid is strained in some way. And so Texas is a great example of that. You mentioned again, or I mentioned winter storm URI and the price impacts that we saw there and many budgets were blown just from that you know particular two-week period or you know even less than that and uh, and so companies are looking to manage um you know price risk and ultimately trying to figure out ways to to manage reliability risk as well 
it's a odd time for sure. And there's a lot of pressure across the energy and electricity market. And with that, Melanie, you're part of our sourcing teams. When you talk to customers and when you think about advice you're giving, what should we be, what should we and our um, corporations be looking at in terms of how and when to procure energy moving forward? Yeah, well, and that's a really good question because you're kind of piggybacking off of what Brian said. You know, you're seeing all these changes. The grid is slowly changing, uh, gone from the traditional fossil fuels where coal plants are constantly closing down. Yes, we have more natural gas fire generation. That increases some of that volatility, particularly with where gas prices are. And in addition to that, we have so many more renewables that are coming onto the grid, and that's only expected to increase. So with those um, natural uh, solar and wind generation that is not going to be running 24-7, you increase that volatility, you increase that kind of instability in that grid. And if you have a market area where maybe that renewable is coming on too fast or they're shutting down fossil fuels too quickly, you are just increasing that over and over again. So the main thing that you have to tell customers to do or that we're asking our clients to look at is you want to have a plan and you want to be looking long term. Just trying to, to short term look for three months, four months, maybe even up to 12, you're, you're leaving yourself fairly vulnerable to the, the way the market's going to change up or down. So having that longer term view, being able to layer appropriately or actually just enact a plan over time is really going to allow you to take as much advantage of opportunities and dips in that commodity market um, as you can. Because unfortunately, if you're in a market area that's going to have a shutdown or a blackout or a brownout, a traditional energy contract is not going to help you. You're still going to shut down no matter what, but you will have been able to manage the cost of your commodity around that and been able to shield yourself as much as possible from where those prices could go uh, if you see a, a, a extreme event such, such as Yuri. Absolutely. And Jareen, as we think about these challenges around risk management and sourcing, you know, there's are there options that um, can be addressed at the utility level or even more so by organizations, whether they have large campuses, universities, bases, corporate campuses, or by single sites, what options do or do companies have in around energy production and um, resiliency? Yeah, I think um, Brian and Melanie bring up some you know challenges that we hear about all the time, and I'm part of uh, Schneider Electric's microgrid team. So uh, when you think about a lot of the issues that we're seeing, you know whether it's reliability coming from um, you know just the grid aging, or you know what we're seeing is a lot more of these larger uh, these larger storms and unpredictable events. Um, same with cost challenges with the retirement of a lot of fossil fuels and bringing on. Um, renewables, I think um, one of the most promising uh, solutions is becoming the microgrid, right? A way to really kind of behind the meter take control of some of your energy. So when we think about what a microgrid is, it's, um, you know, generally a local energy system that has some generation, might be some traditional, you know, fossil fuel generation we think about, uh, or some solar, might have some storage, and that's all coupled with advanced, you know, automation and control, and that allows them 
all those resources to be very flexible and sort of play in some markets, work work locally for those customers, um, and you know have a little bit of predictability in what uh, they can expect for their energy and also during an outage. So uh, I think what you're seeing in this space, which is really interesting, is that because of significantly improving technology costs, you know, you've got uh, solar panels and, and batteries dropping. You know, I think there's some blips in the market happening now, but if you look historically, these these costs are going to continue to come down. You look at the uh, the controls and the you know electrical distribution. Another piece of that um, of those solutions that have come down dramatically in the complexity and the costs of them um, and the sort of understanding of them. And then you've obviously got uh, a challenge we haven't talked a lot about, which is you know the sustainability aspect of this, the carbon reduction that a lot of these corporations have as well. And so you know microgrids kind of end up being this you know killer trifecta of being able to you know provide customers with reliable power uh, in a lot of ways, giving them predictability on what their energy use is because they're they're self-generating. And then it's it's in a lot of cases also uh, providing that sustainability aspect that they're you know, their carbon reduction goals are looking for. And so these are still in some ways relatively new concepts, but uh, are for sure being embraced across the US. Um, you know, we talked about airports and municipalities, you know, universities, a lot of manufacturing. Um, and so as customers think about behind the meter and in front of the meter, the microgrid can be uh, a really good fit. And uh, and usually they're pretty simple to understand what it would look like for a site too. I think that the market as a whole is pretty good at um, at understanding customer data, you know, what the pain points are, what um, what that solution would look like behind the meter, coupled with something that also considers, you know, maybe some offsite um, sourcing and risk mitigation that that builds a really good plan like like Brian was talking about for them as they look, you know, three, four, five, ten years into the future. Absolutely. I think, you know, what we've talked a lot about is how do customers and those folks who are hopefully listening to our session this afternoon really take on accountability and responsibility um, and create some energy independence as well as really even sustainability, how they bring that sustainability, not relying just on the greening of the grid, but how do they bring that into their sites and facilities as well? Yeah. So I guess, um, Melanie, Brian, and Drew, anything else you would like to add based on your peers' comments? Well, really, the only other thing that, you know, when we start, first started talking about this uh, particular issue that kind of came to mind as ways customers can um, help or, or, or try to um, mitigate some of these issues on the front end uh, can be, you know, you, you look at, at the grid and if the demand level continues to increase and there are constraints or the grid is looking to maybe do a brownout or a blackout because they don't have enough generation to meet that demand. Uh, if you are able to reduce your, you know, reduce your demand, having a little bit more responsibility on um, 
paying attention to where those levels are and can you you pull it off. There are demand response programs out there that should something get to a level where they need to start curtailing demand, you could uh, earn a little bit of money by being able to reduce that load. Um, you know, obviously that's very customer by customer specific. Do you have the ability to do that? Uh, do you have an amount that you know, is is significant enough to take off the grid, but it's just another kind of tool in that in that warehouse that uh, should you have some additional ability to do that, you might make a little bit of extra money and you could help prevent a, a blackout should it get to a level where they're really calling on customers to help them, um, you know, help them lower that demand. Absolutely. It's a really good point about that energy independence, but then also how can you take some of that that you're creating and and monetize it in a way that would be actually beneficial for you and your operations as well. Yep. And I think with the advancement of, you know, batteries, which we've talked a lot about that flexibility and how you uh, how you deploy access energy that you've either generated. I think that the programs um, are also so much so much better understood, right? These demand response programs used to be just um, you know, even just sort of live in their own, but now what we call ancillary services, you can provide value to the grid in a lot of other ways, you know, whether that's frequency regulation, um, short or near, you know, or long-term demand response type activities. Um, we're also, you know, seeing time of use rates, right, and demand charges that are having big impacts on customer bills. And again, that's where I think customers can be prosumers, as we think about, which are more active energy users. Um, without affecting their day-to-day -day operations too, right? Most of these solutions, you know, really do accommodate what are, um, you know, the customer's primary goals of providing a service or a technology or product, um, but then having, again, this flexibility behind the meter or in some other fashion where they can not only um, support their business, but they can also, like, you know, Melanie was saying, there's revenue associated with having that capability. So, you can again tackle multiple different things that customers are facing uh, with sometimes you know very common accessible technology like we see today that uh, provides cleaner, more reliable, and you know more cost predictable energy. Amazing. So, well, I want to thank you guys for your time this afternoon, and thank those who are joining us. Uh, you know, really, the Schneider Electric team, as you've seen on this call, has a lot of experience and expertise, and we're ready to help you and provide that guidance as you tackle these challenging questions for your op your organization. So feel free to reach out, and thank you again for your time.